Yeah, man, I'm still, I'm just in awe right now. Um, you know, that's, that's the ruling. The umpires explained it to me. So I can't go against that. The rules are what they are. But uh, man, that's just, that's a heartbreaker. I, I, I just can't, I can't believe that happened or we don't get the chance to score right there. Um, and for one, I, I crushed that ball. I was just hoping to see it leave the yard. I got a lot of snap and crackle, but no pop. Welcome to Baseball Biz. Oh my gosh, man. Oh man. Oh man. Brandon, what are you doing, man? What are you thinking after last night? Was it was it was it painful? Was it exciting? Was it suspenseful? What what was it last night? It, I honestly didn't know what to to feel because I even texted you just after the game ended. I'm confused on how to feel, and I still don't really know how to feel. Oh gosh, people, what we're talking about, of course, is last night, game three. Was it game three? Yeah, game yeah game three, and there we are in Boston with the Rays. And man, oh man, there's nothing like a Fenway crowd to get things going. But it wasn't going to be an easy game. <laughs> uh, one of the most critical plays in the entire game, and one that will be talked about for weeks to come, was a ground rule double. And you may have heard Kevin there at the beginning. The ball came out there, and it popped up. It hit the fence, popped back out, hit Renfro, I think, in the chest or leg, and then popped back out of the field. So it was never out of field. Let's try this again. What happened was we've got a man. Was it Kier, uh, let's see, Yandy? Was he on first? Uh, yes. So Yandy's on first. Kevin Kiersmeyer's up to bat. Here we are. It's the top of the 13th inning, and everybody wants to go home, but we want to go home with a win. Kiermaier hits that. It's, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a home run, but it comes up just short, and it bounces and hits this wall and just inches of going over it and being a home run. But once it hits the ball, it hits, it bounces back and it hits right fielder, Hunter Renfro, former Ray. Hunter Renfro tries to get it, but the ball then after it hits him, it then bounces over the fence and out of the park. Well, out of the field anyway. And is it, a home run for Yandi? Does Kiermaier make it to third? No. It's a ground rule double. And that just blew my mind. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But that just kind of stopped everything because, well, let's go ahead and say that. I mean, I mean, the umpires, they got together, but it was pretty much a done deal. The rules in the MLB God knows that book. It is huge, full of rules and every little inconsistency that you might think of. But, you know, the one thing I, I think that was missing last night, Brandon, and that was giving the umpire a little more flexibility in the field, of them actually judging what was happening. If Hunter Renfro had thrown that ball out of the field, <laughs> it would not have been a ground rule double. It would have been at least a run by Yandi in a home run for KK. But as it stood, nothing was scored beyond that. 
And then Zanino, who had been suffering all night, came up to bat. And he still, Yandy's on uh, third, Kiermaier's on second. And that's that. Bam. Zanino wasn't able to do it. I don't know. Uh, you know, I mean, if we sit down and we try to take apart the whole game, it seems like you never really want to do it with just what happened in one at bat. And last night was amazing. 13 innings. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about it. If you know, for some reason you missed this game, game three, Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays. They played two games in Tampa. Each team won a game there. Now, here we are in Fenway a couple of days later. Excitement. you got the Fenway crowd going nuts. And it takes 13 innings to end that game. So, so who do you start off with? I mean, you take a look at the roster. Each team is allowed to have 26 players on their postseason roster. If you want to take a look at that as far as who is that on the Rays? Well, the Rays, they decided they were going to have 13 pitchers. Okay. <laughs> They've got, <laughs> yeah, 13 pitchers, two catchers, five infielders, and five outfielders and one designated hitter. And if you measure all that up and count it all up, it's 26. Well, last night in the game, the Rays had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitchers. Nine. Nine out of 13 were used last night. It was tough, Brandon. I mean, Drew Rasmussen starting out last night, I thought he was – I had high expectations for him. And it didn't happen. Yeah, I, I, I didn't catch most of the beginning of this game because I wasn't home at the moment. I was with family. But I was able to see most of the, the last half of it. And Rasmussen, just looking at the box score, he didn't do good at all. He had like a Garrett Cole-like day, only going two, giving up the three. And, I mean, you'd expect more from your pitcher, even though he's a third-game starter. But this makes me kind of question, why are they doing – three rookie starters in all the games. To me, that doesn't make much sense, even though they kind of have to do it. Yeah, I, I think they kind of have to do it is the key, Brandon, because if you're looking at this, who, who do you have? I mean, um, look, looking just at the guys who, who were there last night. We, all right, we no longer have Glass now. We no longer have Snell. We no longer have Charlie Morton. Those were three pivotal you know, guys that you would have in any five-man rotation. Of those 13 pitchers that we have, let's see, who's on that list again? All righty. Shane Boz, newbie. Chagua, Pete Fairbanks, Fire Rising, Josh Fleming, Andrew Kittredge, Shane McClanahan, Colin McHugh, Luis Patino, Drew Rasmussen, David Robertson, Michael Walker, Matt Whistler. So who would be your rotating father? That's not a very good, not a very good or slim picking, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that Cash could have done any better with with the troops that he has. I, I think they're all good. I think right now, if there was some, if I had to pick somebody today, 
And you might say, well, Mark, he's, he's not, he hasn't had enough rest yet. It would be short notice. I would put Shane McClanahan back out there tonight. Oh, easily. It's, it's go or go home from this point out. So you have to do everything you can to win or you're done. Indeed. I, I mean, we, we wound up putting, I think he was, Cash was holding back as long as he could not to get Patino out there. But he was the last pitcher he put up there. And, and Patino, all in all, he looked pretty good last night. Yeah, not too bad, but unfortunately, he's only going to be remembered for the those two mistakes that he made in the 13th that ended up costing him the game. Yeah, that's kind of critical, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Even though there are other reasons they lost, which I'm sure we can get into later on. Well, you know, let's let's do that right now. Let's let's take a look at it because some of those reasons, some of those are the performance of players that we expect a lot more of offensively. And I'm looking down the list here. Let's see. Oh, let's start out with the guys who just completely blew my mind. Brandon Lau. Wow. I, I don't mean, know where he went. I don't know, brother, but he wasn't there. You know, and uh, he's 0 for 6 last night. Who else was 0 for 6 last night? Big heavy, another big heavy home run hitter, Mike Zanino. Wow. Maybe they should look into bringing all-star catcher Mike Zanino instead. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, that was, for those of you who don't know, that was the, what, mispronunciation of Z's name and uh during the all-star game, geez, people get it right. <laughs> but, and to kind of go to some of this, I did look at Matt Germain's tweet this morning and on the Rays and Red Sox game. He had six points that uh, kind of occurred to him. I thought they kind of made a lot of sense. One, his first thought was he truly believed that Drew was going to go longer into the game. And I don't think there's anybody who – didn't expect to see him at least three, four, five, maybe even six innings. There he is only with two because, man, it just wasn't happening for him last night. Yeah, it, it would have been nicer to get a longer outing of him because he's been one of the – he's been a pleasant surprise the last half of the year, but that, that surprise kind of went out in game three. It did. And looking to see what Matt also said, his second thought was, Brandon Lau was hitting ball harder, so why attempt a two-strike bunt, which looks like desperation? It's not like he's an expert bunter. That's what Matt was saying. I thought, yeah, I, I thought, wait a minute. Who are you bunting in? What's going in? Why, why are you doing that? Have you just completely surrendered the opportunity of being able to hit something out? I, I don't know. That just was, I don't know. Where do you go with that, Brandon? I mean, Brandon, yeah, you look at Mr. Lau there and you say, what? You know, what's what's happening? This is this postseason, Brandon Lau. I mean, I got two thoughts on this. One, you've known it since little league. You don't bunt with two strikes. That's just something you're not supposed to do. And second, the Rays never bunt. I don't even think that's in their vocabulary. Why in the postseason are you going to decide then with two strikes? I mean, maybe now I'm going to try out the bunt. Maybe see if this works. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. I'm sure Cash sat down with a lot of these players, and they've had some conversations. They've had to have. You know, last night was a night that, that just really hurt, Ed. 
Um, I'm looking here too. We mentioned a moment ago that both Lau and Z both were 0 for 6 last night. And Matt Germain, one of his points, I think his third point was, he'll never understand that they didn't use Mejia from, you know, once Pavetta, once the Boston Red Sox pitcher Pavetta got in the game. You know, that makes sense, I guess, because was that righty-lefty thing? Maybe that was part of it, or just simply because it was time for, for Z to take a step back because he, he wasn't able to he wasn't able to bring the fire to take that ball out of the park. Yeah, I mean, I I would not be opposed to getting you no know, fresh blood in there. I mean, last night Zanino, he didn't just get the hat trick; he had the golden sombrero. He went zero for six with four strikeouts. I mean, you can't have that from your number one catcher, one of your better hitters, in a critical time like this. So, I think it'd be, probably be a tough decision. They probably took in like who they have in the pen and who they're more comfortable with. They probably took that into consideration as well. Cause I think Zanino is the better catcher than Mejia. True. Very true. So they probably took that into consideration as well, which I mean, I don't blame them. You got to look at all the facts first, but I don't think it would have been a horrible idea to at least try it out. You know, there, there's something to be said for a, a manager who stands by a pitcher. And in a time of analytics, often you'll see a, a manager not stand by a pitcher. They'll they'll pull them and put somebody else in there immediately. And maybe that's what it was, though, from a catcher's perspective with Cash. He said, this guy's the veteran, and I know he's going to hit something. I know he's going to hit something. But above and beyond that, as critical as this game is, we need to have Zanino back there. We need to have him making sure there aren't any pass balls. We got to make sure he's there to act quickly. And so, okay, I'll, I'll buy that, Brandon. Let's see. Matt's next uh, thought was number four. <laughs> yeah, okay. The ground rule double. He says that rule, which was atrociously put in the rules as is, needs to be changed. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, it hurt like hell last night. But it was interesting. I saw uh, Dontrell Wellis, and he was talking last evening about how the Rays had benefited from a similar experience when they were playing uh, Toronto in the trot back in 2019. Ball was hit out to left field, and as it went back there, it bounced off. See, I think it bounced off the field into to Tommy Pham's glove and bounced right back out. And that looked more closely like, you know, intentional, intentionally putting the ball out of the field, but it wasn't. But, I mean, it was the same sort of instance. So once upon a time, they benefited from it. Red Sox definitely did, because in the 13th inning, you know, Vasquez comes in there at the bottom of the ninth and <laughs> changes everything. So I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we got too many rules, and there needs to be a little bit more of, on-field umpire uh, judgment. But it is what it is. Any ideas about the rule or what happened last night? Um, well, a couple things. I don't think that that's the reason that they lost. I think, you know, the 20 strikeouts and the one for nine with runners in scoring position, I think that was a bigger factor than that one play. And the rule itself, 
I mean, I, I get it. I think, you know, rules are rules. That's what I believe. I think it could be tweaked a little bit to where, you know, you, you kind of use your common sense judgment to where I think Yandi was rounding third by the time it bounced off of Renfro because I think he was going with the pitch. Yeah. yeah. So he would have scored easily and Kiermaier would have been on third. And who knows with him, he might have tried to score. Who knows? <laughs> so I think it would have made perfect sense to let Kiermaier have third and then let Yandi score because that's probably what would have happened anyways. But that's just not the way the rule is. And I think they should at least change it so it's more common sense because I don't have a problem with the rule itself. It it does make sense. It does make sense. And I think they need to give a little bit more latitude still, though, to the umpires to make those decisions. And it's certainly in the case when Yandi was so far ahead, he would have been at home, period, no matter what. And even if I think Renfro, who's one of the strongest arms I see out there, if he had got it at first – when he first got out there and thrown it, I believe Yandi still would have probably got in. But I think a, a pivotal part of this whole thing is Rays, Rays fans, you and I, and all the others, we have to acknowledge that that was still just one part of the game, very pivotal part of the game. But how, how many uh, how many strikeouts were there? 20. Ouch. Ouch. You could get a free Wawa hoagie or whatever it is. <laughs> or a couple of them. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's the kind of pain I don't want to relive. But uh, I want to say another thing, too, about that. I was very impressed, looking on the field, how Kiermaier was responding when the umpire stopped and took the time to explain it to him. You know, he he didn't, um, he didn't, I think he was disturbed by it. But he was attentive to what the umpire was saying. He wasn't throwing a hat in the ground. He wasn't screaming and shouting and all this. And later on in the press conference, I think Kiermaier went on further to say, you know, the rule is the rule. This is what it is. He says it is explained to me. Even Cash, in some ways, to say, okay, is he going to be like Tommy Lasorda and going out there and screaming and shouting and get thrown out of the game or something at this point? Here we are in the 13th inning. He didn't either. You know, in the press conference after the game where Kiermaier – was probably accepting it a little bit more. Cash did not completely tear it all down. Okay. But Cash didn't tear it apart. Okay. He didn't come in there screaming and shouting. I got, I've got a whole stable full of guys who can throw 98. There was none of that excitement when he came in there. He knows what happened. He knows it's a rule. And that's that. And one thing that I think helped that, that I noticed that I never really see, the umpires went to them and explained it. Because how Thank often you. do you see them just make the ruling and then go back to their spot? Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Maybe that kind of helped it too. Cause I mean, you can't really argue a rule that's black and white like that. And I think them going up and explaining it to them, you know, they're like, Oh, okay. Cause I think if they just went back, it would have been a different story. Well, well, kudos to them on that. So the rule, while we didn't like the way it was implemented last night, that's the facts and that's what it was. And it was handled well, like you said, by the umpires, so there you go. Um, let's see. Oh, Matt Germain's number five here was Schwarber 100% was in runner's lane on purpose and should have been called for it. Oh, come on. Could you believe that? I mean, it's like, get the hell out of the runner's lane. Okay. 
there you are, Schwarber. Yes, I know you don't play play first. I know this is used to Mr. Dalbach's, you know, over here is the position. But are you completely unaware? Did you just fall asleep while all the rest of the game was going on around you? Brandon, come on, man. You're in the MLB for a reason. I may sound naive, but I hope it was just, you know, him, you know, having no awareness and he wasn't, you know, purposely trying to get in the way or do a pick play as they do in, you know, football or basketball or hockey even. That's just something you have to be aware of because I don't think you would intentionally want to get into the way of a guy who's running full speed around first base who can't stop. And you can hurt both him and yourself. And when you're one of the better players on the team. Yeah, I mean, come on. Red Red Sox played Schwarber for a reason out there. I don't think Dalbach was injured. I think they just wanted a guy who could do real well, you know, at bat. It was almost like having two DHs out there, I think, by having him. You know, while, while we saw this as an impediment to the Rays, one other thing that because of his ignorance of the position or lack of, <laughs> of time with it, you saw the moment where Schwarber was not on base. He's far enough away from it. One of the Rays hits a ball, running to first. The pitcher runs the first to cover, and Schwarber kind of grabs the ball and, and lightly pitches it over to, to first. Uh, it was a weak pitch. A pitch that should have put a Ray out immediately did not because it didn't seem like he had a sense of how to play the field there. Yeah, I think it just comes down to awareness more than anything else. But, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm not. And hopefully it was just like an innocent, I, I don't really know what I'm doing over here moment. Well, I, I think there was definitely that with Schwarber. So maybe it wasn't intentional. It was a thing where it should have been addressed. You know, he, as far as I'm concerned, he was still blocking the lane. They were just saying it didn't impact, you know, the running enough. Who was it? Was it Rosarina? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, come on. Oh, uh, let's see. The last of Matt's thoughts here are, you couldn't ask any more from KK, Franco, Rosarina, and Robertson. And I, th- I think it's good to give them credit. They Each one of those gentlemen did a good job out there. Yeah, they did. And I'm especially impressed with, with uh, Franco because, I mean, he's only 20. He didn't play last year. And he looks like he's played for years in big time moments like the playoffs because he's hitting like 400. He's making great defensive plays. He's arguably been the best player on the race this postseason. With no, no doubt, no doubt. I, and I mean, last night, if you look at the box scores, he definitely performed probably, I think, better than anybody else. With had six of bets, two hits, two runs, and one RBI. If I go down the list after that, I think the next one probably is Austin Meadows with uh, four at-bats, two hits, one run, and two RBIs. Randy, Randy was trying his heart out there. Nobody could bring him in. <laughs> Gosh, you know, you, you hate that. You see a performer do all that he can out there, and nobody's going to bring him in, and Randy certainly did that. I mean, he played right field, left field. He's got five at-bats. You know, he had one hit, one walk, one RBI, and it's like, geez, my knees. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but CNZ struggle as he did. And, you know, Joey didn't come in, but for a, a couple of uh, bats and Joey, I don't know, man, it's, it seems like he's really struggling to the last, uh, the last month. 
I'm glad he's there, but I'm kind of surprised too. So mm. yeah, he's usually been one of the more consistent guys over his time here. And Nelson Cruz, well, you know, he delivered once during the game, but he had six <laughs> at bats and that was it. G-Man, nothing. Yandy Diaz, I was looking for some great stuff there. He he did as best as they'd allow him to do, okay? <laughs> it, it's, it was tough. And Kiermark, Kiermark looked good out there in center field. He was catching those, you know, balls, making those outs, putting the making the Red Sox sit down once or twice. So... It was an exciting game, exciting team. It was a really exciting game. It's just not a big fan of the result. No, you know, I, I miss listening to our local guys doing the the announcing on this. I, mean, I guess I could listen to the radio, but I'm talking about D Wayne and Brian Anderson. And I, I'm going to say something here that I probably said too many times before. National announcers just don't get it right. And then the post game thing. There was a couple of guys who they 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 talked so much about the uh, the ground rule double and you know their discomfort with it. What happened out there? And Dontrell Willis, he's out there gleefully talking. Yeah, it's happened before. It's this, that, the other. I said, I want to say, sit down, Dontrell. Right now, I am I'm miserable <laughs> and I don't need to see you smiling. You know, you're. There's too much glee in your face and heart, and I, I just I'm just not up for it as a Ray fan. Maybe maybe another time I'd enjoy your presence, but not at this particular moment. Yeah, I I didn't really look, watch much of the post game shows. I I flipped over to football, which I think was still in a weather delay at that time, so <laughs> that was fun. But I did listen to the post game show with Neil Solons and got to hear angry Neil, so that was fun. You don't hear that very often. No, he's he's usually a man of great composure. <laughs> unlike us <laughs> but he, he gave an honest opinion and i i agree with him he said it's a stupid rule but that's not the reason that they lost he's you know credited the loss more to you know the one for nine with scoring position and the 20 strikeouts and that, i can't say he's wrong i don't know if they brought that up on the tv shows or or not but i think that's more the reason they lost even though the blaming the rule and debating that is probably the more sexy topic yeah and, and it was more immediate if you will because after 13 innings i think all those announcers and people in the studio are ready to see it done so they spent about <laughs> five minutes i think talking about the the ground rule double before they even gave a tip of the hat to christian vasquez for hitting the home run that brought him in Oh gosh, what what kind of insanity! But but I'm looking forward to today's game, man. You know, it's uh, it should be fun. I'm I'm curious who's going to be pitching. You know, it's, I'm sure that I'm sure that uh, Mr. Cash and his team of coaches were sitting down last night and, and picking through and say who's going to be where. So we got these 26 guys, and we only had four pitchers that we didn't use last night. Yeah, that's going to be fun because the Red Sox have to shuffle things up too because they were supposed to start Pavetta today. And he ended up going four last night. So that'll be fun to see what teams throw out there and see what sticks to the wall, so to speak. And I also want to see how the Rays respond because this is kind of like the first adversity they've faced all year, I feel like. And, you know, to take that next step to win a championship 
you need that adversity. I mean, we saw it with the Lightning. They had that dominant year. First adversity they faced was in the playoffs, and they got swept out. What happened since then? They went and they won two championships. I'm not saying the Rays are going to go win two championships. It'd be cool. But I just want to see how they respond to it. And that I think that'll show a lot about this team. The Rays of 2020 need to show up tonight. You know, it's it just it's difficult. Like I said that Drew wasn't able to do his great work out there. And Brandon's going to have to step up. They put him out there, you know, <laughs> Franco, Franco, our, our newest and youngest man out there is, is doing so much. Nelson, he's got to do a little bit more. Everybody's got to do a little more, you know. Uh, I, I would have to say Kiermaier in many ways, if, if I had to pick one guy of the game that I felt strongest about, I would have to say Kevin. <laughs> some of that is his attitude, and some of it was just what he was doing out in center field. Yeah, maybe the the what should have been an RBI last night, but wasn't was just the double. Maybe that'll you know kickstart him up because he's been really slow this year. I think that was his first hit in all the playoffs last night. But hopefully that'll get him going because they need it. They don't have time anymore. Well, they haven't had time in the past five days to twiddle around or twiddle their thumbs, whatever the saying is, because it's go time. It is go time. And let's let's finish up here with what Kiermaier had to say last night. Here we go. Well, we got to put our big boy pants on and, and just come out, do everything in our power to win a ball game. Yeah, Kevin hit it, didn't he? We, we got to put our big boy pants on and make it happen, and that's going to happen tonight. Here we are. It is Monday, October 11th, and right now it's just about noon. So time for the Rays to get warmed up. I doubt there's going to be any batting practice on either side today, Brandon, as they get ready for the fourth game of the ALDS. It's a do-or-die time for the Rays. Time to <laughs> put the big boy pants on and get cracking. Hey, it's either you put your big boy pants on or you put your golfing pants on. Which one? <laughs> oh, one leg at a time. Let's see if we can go <laughs> ahead and make that happen. That's all I got. Anything else we need to add and share or uh, tear apart on the show? Um, no, I think we got it all covered. All right, brother. Well, another fun time here. I'm Mark Kerbett, your host with Baseball Biz. <laughs> That's Brad in no way with me also. And you remember him, <laughs> of course. What is it? At Sports Blitz Pod, right? Yes. That's at Sports Blitz Pod, Brandon covers everything, not just baseball, football, everything out there. So, Brandon, thanks again. And everybody, we look forward to talking with you again real soon. You can find us on Twitter. You can, at, well, there you go, me at Mark at The Baseball Biz. You can find us also on Stitcher. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and all these other great places. Anyway, It's been fun. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll catch up with you and see how the rest of these last few weeks go as we head to the World Series. Special thanks to X-Take RUX for the music rocking forward. Well, we got to put our big boy pants on and, and just come out, do everything in our power to win a ball game.